Kassirian and Gera. I have read that among the tribal clans of Africa, that the Maasai warriors of Kenya and Tanzania are the fiercest and most cunning of warriors. So it was surprising to learn that when these fierce warriors would greet one another, the greeting was Kassarian and Gera, which in Maasai means, are the children well, or how are the children doing? In recent weeks, we have been looking at the different parts of our tribe, the community of Christ Presbyterian Church, to see how all of the parts fit together. What is the value of each component? We considered women, and we considered singles, and last week we looked at our elders. But what about children? How do the children fit in? And do we really care? Some of us grew up in a culture that said children should be seen and not heard. And the great American novelist Mark Twain once said, When children turn 13, put them in a barrel and feed them through the knot hole. And when they turn 16, plug the hole. (laughs) What about the children? Is Mark Twain right? How do the children fit into the community of Christ Presbyterian Church? What value do we place on our children? Well, we value children enough to hire a large staff. This picture is already out of date because Annie McCracken has retired and has been replaced by Jill Campbell as our admin. And Michelle has left the staff and we're looking for a replacement. But nine staff members working with our kids at maybe, say, $100,000 per person. That would be almost a million dollars of investment. It's possible that my math is slightly off here, but you get the idea. When you count up salaries and curriculum materials and supplies and custodial expenses and heat and electricity, the number begins to add up. Financially, we invest heavily in our children. A half a million, three quarters of a million dollars, something like that. Plus there is building space. Have any of you wanted to have a meeting in this building on a Wednesday night? It's not possible because children, the building is teeming with children. They're in every space in the building learning about Jesus. And volunteers? We have almost 120 volunteers working with our kids at an average of about three plus hours per week which translates into 360 volunteer hours per week or the equivalent of nine full-time positions. All in all, we have about a little over 1,000 children on our rolls at Christ Presbyterian Church. So why would we dedicate so much money and time and energy and space to children? Why do we invest so heavily in the lives of little people? Let me share with you a few reasons for valuing and investing in children. We value and invest in children because children, like grown-ups, are created 
in the image of God. Contrary to what some cultures seem to imply by the way they view children and their practices, we do not believe that children are commodities to be owned or used. Nor do we believe that children are designed to be a workforce for their parents. Children are people, albeit little people, but whole people created in the image of God. When David the shepherd boy reflected on his own formation, he said, God, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We value children because they are wonderfully made, created by God in the image of God. We also value children and invest in children because faith is more likely to take root and stick for those who learn about Jesus when they are children. In 2009, the Barna Research Group reported that 64% of all American adults who are followers of Jesus began that journey of faith before their 18th birthday. And the Barna Group drew this conclusion. If people do not embrace Jesus as their Savior before they reach the teenage years, the chance of their doing so at all is slim. And so we invest in children. The Barna Group also noted that 61% of adults who attend churches regularly, that's you, 61% of you, were regular attendees when you were children. While only 22% of those who were not churchgoers as children attend churches today. And again, the Barna Group drew this conclusion. If you connect with children today, effectively teaching them biblical principles and foundations from the start, then you will see the fruit of that effort blossom for decades to come. This matches what Solomon wrote. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. In writing about brain development in children, the University of Denver's Institute for Early Learning noted, floor time with children, including talking, singing, reading, playing, and exploring, are the best ways to stimulate brain development in children. If we are going to invest, it seems to make sense to invest where there's likely to be a return. So we get down on the floor with our kids and we sing and we read and we explore with our children as we introduce them to the wonder of a God who loves them. A third reason we value and invest in children is because Jesus valued children. And this brings us to our scripture lesson, Mark 10, 13 through 16. You can find it in your pew Bible on page 1506, or you can follow it on the screen. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms 
placed his hands on them and blessed them. With the buzz about Jesus' teaching and miracles, parents and grandparents wanted Jesus to touch their children. They wanted his blessing on their life. They wanted his blessing on their futures. And it's possible that in this case, Jesus was in a home, and the parents brought children to Jesus for him to pray with them before they went off to bed. Whatever the case, we read that the disciples rebuked the parents for bringing their kids. Perhaps they thought that children should be seen and not heard. Children are really a nuisance. Besides, they don't really count in all culture, do they? And a busy Jesus has more important things to do with the adults than to attend to whiny children. So the disciples shooed them away. One time in all of scripture do we read that Jesus became indignant. And this is the time. When Jesus saw what the disciples were doing, he was indignant and he said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Jesus was not too busy for children. He had time for them. He valued them and he wrapped them in his arms of love and he blessed them. And he said to the adults, you would do well to become like children. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive my kingdom like a little child will never enter it. And was that ever a surprise to the adults? He turned the tables and he said to the adults, children do not need to grow up and act like you grown-ups. You grown-ups would do well to discover the fountain of youth and become like little children. You grown-ups can, in fact, learn from these children. And what is it that children teach us? What is it that we can learn from children? We can learn from children how to receive a gift. Children know how to receive a gift. They take it, and they receive it with delight, and they enjoy it, and they wonder if there are more coming. Children do not ask, hmm, I wonder what's behind this gift. What does the giver want from me? Adults, on the other hand, are more likely to think that there must be a catch or there must be something I must do in order to earn God's gift. Can't I, with a big enough offering, buy my way into God's kingdom? Can't I enter through merit and doing good? Jesus said, adults, receive my gift like a child. 28 years ago, we moved back to Minnesota. And when we moved into the new church, one of the members came and gave us keys to his boat to use anytime we wanted on Lake Minnetonka. Did I mention that it was a 34-foot boat with three levels, a sleeping quarters underneath and a galley, had two big Chrysler engines to drive it? Did I mention that um, he gave us his credit card 
and told us where we could fill the boat with gas when we needed to. Or that he gave us his membership number so that we could take the boat over to the Lafayette Club and have lunch on him. Now, my wife and I nicknamed this boat Therapy. Because it was so good. Did I do anything to deserve that gift? Not a thing. I hardly knew the man when he gave me the keys to his boat. Did I need to pay him back? I couldn't have paid him back if I had wanted to. There was no way. It was a gift. And with some trepidation, listen, the only boat I had ever taken before that was a little rowboat with a seven horsepower motor on the back. So there was a little bit of trepidation, but with great pleasure, we received that gift. Jesus offers the gift of membership in his kingdom. He offers the gift of belonging to his community, to his family, the place where God reigns. And it comes with complete forgiveness, a sense of belonging, partnership, friendship, joy, meaning, the gift of eternal life. This is a gift. And Jesus says to us, receive my gift like a child. Children know how to receive a gift. We also know that children are not afraid to be dependent. They are not afraid to ask for help. Mommy, will you help me tie my shoes Daddy, I'm hungry. Can you get me something to eat? Mommy, can you give me a ride to soccer practice? Dad, will you help me with my homework? Go ask your mother. (laughs) And children are dependent in ways that they don't even know that they are dependent. They don't understand about mortgages or heating bills or electric bills. They don't understand about buying insurance, health insurance, Or how the groceries really come. They don't understand all of that. They just have learned to depend on their parents. But as children grow older, they begin to say things like, I can do it myself. Thank you. And by the time we become adults, we are pretty much self-sufficient. I can do it by myself kind of people. Our American culture admires independence. New Englanders, my region of the country, are fiercely independent. We are reluctant to ask for help, especially men. We are hesitant to go to the doctor's office when we don't feel well. And when our cars make funny noises, we just kind of hope that the noise will go away or we add another quart of oil. When our marriages are in trouble, we sometimes act as if ignoring the problem will make it go away. And when we face big challenges and decisions, we determine that we're going to figure it out ourselves without asking for advice. And when it comes to God, we don't want any handouts. We tend to act under the belief that There are no free lunches. And if I'm going to find a way into God's family, doing good is what really matters. Jesus says, receive my gift like a little child. 
You cannot earn my forgiveness and my blessing on your own. Depend on me and I will do for you what you cannot do for yourselves. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way. We are saved by faith in God who treats us much better than we deserve. This is God's gift to us and not anything we have done on our own. It isn't something we have earned. So there is nothing we can brag about. To receive God's gift like a child, we come in dependence. And finally, we learn from children how to trust. If a loving parent says to a child, jump into my arms, the child will most likely jump because the child has learned to trust the loving parent explicitly. To trust in someone is to rely on them, to depend on them, to place confidence in someone. It is to believe. It means to trust another person's honesty and integrity. Most of us have been conditioned by the Lucy Van Pelts of life. Charlie Brown, she says, I have a great idea. I'll hold the football and you come running and kick it. Ha, Charlie Brown says. I wouldn't try that for a million dollars. You won't hold it. You'll pull it away and I'll kill myself. (laughs) You don't trust me, Charlie Brown. You think I'm no good. You have no faith in me. Oh, don't cry, Lucy. I apologize. I'm sorry. Don't cry. You hold the ball. I'll come running and I'll kick it. And then Lucy says, never listen to a woman's tears, Charlie Brown. Children are not jaded by the disappointments of life and the realities of human sinfulness. They hear, Jesus loves me, and they believe. Twelve-year-old Greta, who sang for us a few minutes ago, was interviewed for CPC Life's current issues. And this is part of what she had to say. And if you haven't picked up your copy, pick it up and maybe... She'll autograph it for you before you leave today. But this is part of what she says. Children, especially very young ones, may not know a ton about the Bible and may not know a ton of scripture, but in their minds there is no doubt that there is only one God and that he came to save them. I think everyone can learn from that. This does not mean that we check our brains at the door when we come to faith. When Thomas, one of the early followers of Jesus, struggled with Jesus' death and the possibility of his resurrection, Jesus provided for him evidence, enough evidence for him to trust. And Thomas exclaimed, my Lord and my God. And Jesus replied to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. At some point, following Jesus means to trust, to step across the river of questioning and believe that he has given us enough evidence to accept what he said and did as true. At some point, following Jesus means to leap into his arms. Mark, who was one who walked with Jesus, 
told the story of a man who had a sick child. And he came to Jesus asking for help. If you can do anything, please take pity on us and help us, the man implored. And Jesus replied, if I can, everything is possible for the one who believes. To which the distraught father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Lord, we do believe. We want to believe. Help us with our unbelief. Jesus loved and valued little children. And he says to us, learn from the children. Become like children. Take and receive my gift. Depend on me to direct your lives. Trust me. I will be true to my word. What's the bottom line of this meditation in this scripture? Simply this. If you've not done so already, today, you are invited to receive God's gift like a little child. Let the little children come to me. Let the adults come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Let's pray together. Like the dad with a child who is sick, we want to believe. We want to believe like little children. Sometimes we struggle with the realities of life. Lord, help us in our unbelief to trust you, to receive your gift, to walk with you. In Christ's name.